Today with Catherine Ruinala. I began the other night um, speaking about the power of prayer. Shared a testimony about a, a young girl that we'd prayed for, that she was a young infant girl that um, was having up to 30 seizures a day and they, they couldn't do anything for her. And in the name of Jesus, she was healed. And uh, we're, we're just celebrating uh, several years on now of no, no seizures at all. She was completely healed. And the mum's testimony is that uh, prayer works. And, uh, you know, we have to have an, a mentality and an attitude that prayer is powerful. That prayer is not just something that we do as a last resort. Some people, sometimes people get to this, the place where they go, well, all we can do now is pray. As if, you know, oh, well, that's the last thing we can do. When in fact, it is the most powerful thing that we can do. This incredible power of prayer. So I wanted to share a little more with you today on the, on the power of prayer. I remember, um, and some, often I'll go, as I travel, I'll go to churches and people will come up to me who were healed last time they were there. Uh, I was there, and sometimes it's years and years before. I remember one, once in Augusta, I was walking out of the church, and a man drove past in his convertible and, and just leaned over and said, oh, pastor, by the way, I should tell you, I had liver cancer, and last time you are here, you prayed for me, I got well, praise the Lord. I was like, great. We do really appreciate your testimonies. If you get healed, please don't wait years and years to tell me. But um, I was at Mark and Darlene uh, Czech's church, um, Hope Church in um, the Central Coast. And um, in between the two morning services, I was talking with some of the people. And a couple came up to me and said, do you remember us? And I went, no. No. <laughs> I'm getting better with names, but I meet so many people. And they said, um, seven years ago, you were in a church service in Sydney and, um, and we interrupted the service to, for you to pray for our son who was in the hospital. And I went, I do remember you <laughs> because I don't encourage you to interrupt the service. But it was a unique situation where there were so many miracles happening that faith just dropped in the room. You could feel the gift of faith in the room and they were desperate. Their son was in hospital. I didn't know what the matter was with him, um, but they obviously really, really wanted him to get healed. So this couple just came forward in the middle of the ministry and said, please, will you pray for our son? And as they asked me, I remembered a story by John G. Lake that he would tell about a, a time he was in South Africa and they got a prayer request about a lady that was in an asylum in uh, Wales. And he just got down on his knees on the platform and started to intercede, just praying in the spirit. And he could feel like, almost like a trance come on him. And that he had the whole uh, church were praying with him, praying for this over this letter about this lady. And um, he, he, in the spirit, he felt himself go into a vision. And in the vision, he was going up over the nations and he went to Wales. And he came to this door, I think it was a big red door, and he opened the door and walked in and there was a lady strapped onto a table, like, you know, having to be restrained. 
And he declared in the name of Jesus that she be made well and she be delivered. Well, six weeks later, in the days of snail mail, they got a testimony that at that very hour, she was instantly put in her right mind. Hallelujah. Prayer works. And so as this couple came forward, I remembered that story. And I actually just felt myself go into a really deep place of prayer. And we had everyone just praying with us. And I didn't even know the details other than their son was in hospital. And I actually saw myself in a vision go into the hospital room, lay hands on the, on the young man and declare healing in the name of Jesus. Well, the next day, the pastor did call me and say, you know how you prayed for that young man in hospital? He was healed. He went home. And I went, yay, praise the Lord. I didn't know this, the details, though, until I was at Mark and Darlene's church. And this couple are in front of me saying, remember us. And I said, I, no, oh, okay, yes, I do remember. They, they said, our son had end-stage lymphoma. He had tumours all through his body. He was instantly healed. And seven years later, he's still completely cancer-free. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Prayer works. And, you know, we need to get, part, we can, we need to get beyond the worldly thinking that so easily starts to gather around us, especially as we're surrounded by so much bad news and, and, and wonderful medical breakthroughs. Praise the Lord for the medical community. I'm so grateful for them. Um, you know, my father's a doctor. We, we've got lots of doctors in the family. I appreciate, and, and we've got amazing godly doctors in our congregation who, who just practice medicine in the Holy Ghost, and they just, uh, it's just a gift. But surrounded by so much of it, we can be tempted to put prayer as the last stop if we can't get a breakthrough everywhere else. Now, I encourage people to get medical help. I think God gives us a gift um, in, in that. But we need to recognize that we, we don't want to grow cold in our faith because the power of God is here to heal. Hallelujah. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In John chapter 14, verse 12, we read this interesting verse. Jesus speaking. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there with me. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Who believes that? Look at, see those hands. You can go there for prayer afterwards if you need healing. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. <laughs> wow. If you ask anything in my name, I shared on uh, Friday that when I was growing up, I, I remember mum telling me, you should pray in the name of Jesus. And you know, if you don't pray in the name of Jesus, the Father won't hear you. And I'm like, oh, no. I've wasted my whole life. All my prayers haven't been heard because I didn't use the name of Jesus. And, you know, I'd, I'd tack it on the end of every prayer, just like, you know, it's like pressing send. Like I have to, <laughs> see, I said the name of Jesus, so now my prayer gets heard. That's not what this is actually talking about. 
um, in my childish ways, I misunderstood what it was. But sometimes as believers, we also misunderstand what the name of Jesus is. It's not a magic formula. It's not the send button. It is a revelation that you and I have been given authority. Like someone who had the power of attorney would have, that we actually have the power of the name of Jesus. What is behind the name of Jesus is what gives it the power. And it's not speaking the words so much as it is having faith in that name. Acts chapter 3 is the story of the lame man. Silver and gold have I none, such as I have given thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Ah. All right, all right, all right, settle down. Verse 12, Peter says after he, he and John there at the gate, beautiful, see the lame man healed in the name of Jesus. He says to the people who gather around and are amazed, he says, why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we'd made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. His name, through faith in his name, is how the lame man was healed. It wasn't a magic trick. It wasn't like, okay, say these words and it will happen. It was faith in what that name meant. They had a personal relationship with Jesus. They knew who he was. And when Jesus said, when you ask in my name, you are asking in me. In in him, we live and move and have our being. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. As believers, we have been given this incredible privilege. People tried using the name without relationship. Do you remember the seven sons of Sceva? They gave it a shot. We can just, I know, I see how this works. You say the name of Jesus, the demon goes. Didn't end up so well for them though. If you've read the Bible, it says that the demons actually turned around and beat them all up and they went screaming and bloodied because the demon said, Paul, we know, but who are you? Because they said, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. You can't be using the name of Jesus thinking it's going to work without actually knowing him yourself because it's impossible to have faith in somebody you don't personally know. So what does this faith look like? I look at the way Jesus prayed. Have a, let's have a look at John chapter 11, verse 41. It's the story of Lazarus. I love this verse. It's, we'll start in verse 41. 
Jesus is coming to the tomb. Lazarus has been dead for several days. His heart's hurting for the pain and the mourning and the grief that he sees. But he knows what he's come to do. And it says here in verse 41, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he'd said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I love this story. Jesus is there saying, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you've always hear me. But because of these ones standing here, you could even say, because of those who will hear about this story too, I'm going to say this. I'm speaking this out loud, that I know you always hear me, that they may believe that you sent me. You see, this is what faith looks like. It's praying with an attitude. I know you've heard me. I know you're hearing me. I know you always hear me. I know that whenever I come in your name, you've heard me and it's done. It's an, it's an absolute certainty. I know, I know, I know you've heard me. And just for their sake, I'm saying this. And he just knew and then he spoke. The disciples were so amazed at the relationship Jesus had with the Father. He'd just keep disappearing off up the mountain, have some time with Daddy. And one time after they'd seen him go off and pray, they said to him in um, Luke chapter 11, now it came to pass, verse 1, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they were watching him pray and go, you've got to teach me how to do that. And then Jesus said, all right, well, when you pray, this is how you pray. He, he showed them the pattern. He said, Say, pray this, our Father. That is the relationship you see me having with the Father. This relationship where I know you've heard me. I know you always hear me. That relationship that you envy, that you recognize me having, that is what you can have. And when you approach the Father in prayer, you need to approach him with a posture that says, Father, I know that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. Our Father, Jesus' Father and my Father. You see, when I go to pray, I, I, get, I get hundreds of prayer requests every day. And many of them are heartbreaking situations. People come and they ask for prayer. And for me, I, I can't just be satisfied with a like, yeah, Lord, help them. It's, for me, when I pray, if I, I need to make sure that I'm in a position and a posture where I am praying, praying a prayer of faith. Now, I have faith in the Lord Jesus. You have faith in the Lord Jesus if you've been saved. But this is the process that I find that breakthrough prayer needs to take for me. I need to get myself in an awareness of 
who he is. I need to remind myself, who are you? You are my God. You are my Savior. Father, thank you that your word says that if my heart doesn't condemn me, I have confidence before you and whatever I ask, I'll receive. So I come before him and I say, Lord, is there anything in my heart that's condemning me? And if there's anything going on, even attitudes or sin that I have had that I haven't repented of, I actually, I, I, I deal with it with God. I bring it to him. I say, I shouldn't be thinking like that. I'm sorry I had that attitude or I, sorry I said that. Not that I'm not forgiven, but for my own conscience to get it absolutely clear so that there's no room for any guilt or condemnation. I'm just taking you through my personal process. So, I mean, the enemy will still give it a shot. He'll try to remind you of everything you've ever done because he's terrified of you actually believing you have been forgiven. Because if you can get to that place where you are walking by faith as the righteous, the righteous are as bold as lions. And if your heart doesn't condemn you, <laughs> whatever you ask, you'll receive. So the enemy's main goal is to keep you bound with condemnation because condemnation will rob you of the confidence that says, Father, I know that you've heard me. You see, people say, well, you know, oh, come on, let's teach us the deep things. Well, when you have the confidence to pray without condemnation, we can move on. So you need to fight it. You need to fight every day, the good fight of faith. The just shall live by faith. So, to, so I get myself in this place where I remind myself, is there anything, anything that, that could accuse me? If there is anything, I, I give it to the Lord. That's why I take communion every day. I just make sure, keep short accounts with the Lord. Well, Father, thank you. Neither do you accuse me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm forgiven. I'm clean. I'm holy. I'm righteous. Not by my works, but by your works. And it's not a cerebral thing. I let myself feel it. I let myself connect with him because I'm not going to operate in a, in a head knowledge because head knowledge just puffs up and you can have all this bravado, but it'll do nothing. But if instead you've connected, ah, I remember, yes, oh, Jesus, you hung there and you suffered and you died and you took it all and you said, it's finished. And you said, confess your sin to me and I'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You said, Romans 8, 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I thank you that I've been forgiven, that 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 you've separated my sin from as far as from me from the, as the east is from the west. And I am not going to listen to the old recordings of the accuser trying now to hinder the prayers of the saints. In the name of Jesus Christ, get away from me, Satan. And I, I'm not going to let him be in the same room with me as I pray. As he's a noisy distraction. So shut it down. Get behind me, Satan. Thank you, Lord. I am the righteousness of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that you've made me clean. Jesus, your blood has washed me. I'm the righteousness of God. And until I'm in the place where I have confidence in that, I cannot pray the prayer of faith. But when I get myself into that place where I am confident, I am righteous. 
I'm clean. I'm holy. I'm loved. I am forgiven, washed. Then I can remind myself that because of Jesus, I now have been joined into his family. And when I bring the name of Jesus, it's got his weight behind it. It's got his power behind it. I have his faith flowing through my heart now because I have the faith of Christ. I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. It's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. And as I go to pray now, Lord, it's not Catherine who's, who's made mistakes and sins and messes. I am Catherine who has been redeemed of the Lord. I am the righteous, the redeemed of the Lord. And I will say so, I am the redeemed of the Lord. I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm clean by the blood of my Saviour and King. And as such, I have been raised up. I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. He has made our enemies under our feet. Hallelujah. And I come now in the name of the one that I stand with. And then we pray the prayer of faith. You see, a lot of times we've inoculated people and ourselves against the power of prayer because we've, we've, we've brought it with a, a haphazard, lazy, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you, you have to take a long time, but you need to do this every day. You need to. Remind yourself, we, we talk about this all the time. In the book of James, it says, if any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who's looked at his natural face in the mirror and then walked away and forgotten what he looked like. Every day, the enemy is trying to make you forget what you look like. He's trying to remind you. He's trying to play the same old, same old, same old track. Reminding you of your issues in the past, reminding you of your sin, reminding you of things that you've done. And you have to, you have to say, I'm not going there, devil. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I submit myself to the truth of God today. I, I reckon myself dead indeed to sin. I reckon myself crucified with Christ. I don't have to do it by my strength. By faith, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer me who lives thank God, but Christ who lives in me. As he is, so am I in this world. Who accuses Christ? Nobody. I have his record. I have his name. I have his authority. In the name of Jesus, now I go to pray. I pray for my family. I pray for my church. I pray for our city. I pray. I pray for this prayer request. I, and then I'm not just praying empty prayers. I am imagining in my head what God is going to do so that I can sing and rejoice and get happy about what I haven't yet seen happen. I'm engaging my emotions with what I'm doing because he said, celebrate, get happy, rejoice. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. It's in the name of Jesus you are praying with an expectation and a delight. Ha, ha, ha. Now the Bible says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. It's, it's basically saying, I'm not ashamed to say, yes, Lord, I need a saviour. The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's nobody worthy of being joined to God. 
And without holiness, no one can see God. Without being made completely holy, without perfect righteousness, never sinning, you cannot be joined to, to that which is holy. Because light can have no fellowship with darkness. And no one's been able to achieve that. So Jesus came. And he who knew no sin gave himself. Wow, imagine being in that prayer time in Gethsemane with Jesus. He gave himself. And for the joy set before him, he endured all that pain. I just recently watched a documentary on crucifixion, uh, just a secular documentary on what it must have been like. And the, the horror of the death of crucifixion, is just, it was just horrific. And Jesus knowingly, willingly went through it, died, went to hell and rose again so that I don't have to. And if you'll receive him as Lord and Saviour, Jesus will come in and he will give you eternal life. Hi friends, I hope you've been enjoying our programs and that they're filling your heart with love and hope. This program's being watched around the world and we're hearing great testimonies about salvations, physical healings, deliverances, relationships restored and circumstances turning around supernaturally. I'd love to hear your testimony. Send us an email at info at so we can rejoice with you. Why not visit our website and sign up for our regular email newsletter filled with encouragement. Find me on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter and watch our church services on Facebook and YouTube every week. I'd love to be able to connect with you. I pray that as you've watched this program, the Holy Spirit has been stirring you to walk fully in the mission that God has planned for you. One way to step into your calling is to receive good instruction. Our monthly partners receive exclusive access to mentoring on a regular basis. You'll be able to join the live mentoring sessions and have the opportunity to ask the questions that are important to your current situation. As a partner, your name and photo will be added to our prayer wall so that we can pray for you regularly. You'll also receive our newsletter in the mail, which we pray will deliver a word of encouragement right when you need it. Please visit our website or contact our call center to become a monthly partner today. God bless you as you take your next steps toward your God-given destiny. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Catherine Ruinala Ministries.